does it. Uh, this is Deb Jones. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to Deb Jones Talking Shop with Women in the Biz. Uh, as most of you know, uh, it is so important to me that all the guests on the show, that they are all uh, women in the industry. Uh, or, you know, that they are men. Uh, but men who are supportive of uh, women in the industry. And today's guest is the latter of those two. His name is David Rabinowitz. I'm rushing to get this episode out there uh, because his movie that he co-wrote and co-produced is uh, coming out in theaters today. Spike Lee is the director. Jordan Peele is the producer. Uh, There's so many wonderful, amazing things about this. Uh, We also talked about his pitch uh, that got picked up by Fox 2000. So without further ado, I'll let him tell you how the, how all of this came to be in such a relatively short amount of time. I'm here with uh, David Rabinowitz. Uh, say hi, David. Hi. This is so fun to have you on the show. Thanks so much for, you know, agreeing to, to be on it. I haven't seen you since uh, Jody's 4th of July party. What was that, like five years ago? Five, yeah, Jody Foster's 4th of July, which is, yeah. Oh, wow, man. Where does the time go? Yeah, know? where does the time go? You know, it's a, I feel like I... Like you wake up one day and it's like, you know, a whole month has went by. And in this case, five years has went by. years. It's crazy. That's so crazy. Gosh. Yeah, who would have thought? I'm so happy. I was worried that you you weren't going to recognize my email. You're going to be like, who the hell's this script supervisor that, you know, I barely met at Jody's Fourth of July party. I will never forget you, Deb Jones. I mean, you you were just, I'm thinking back to that party five years ago. Well, (laughs) I had a moment. <laughs> you had a few moments I had a few that moments party. At that point. I was pissed off, you know. It was a, you know. I... You were really, you were ranting and raving. Well, I mean, as they say, you know, you can ask anyone that works with me on set, you know. Uh, you know, I'm really easygoing and, and, until I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, well, you have a sterling reputation, by the way. I haven't been on no. set with you personally, but I've. I've really? heard from people. Who did who you say, hear? Who, who did you? What did you hear? And who did you hear it from? Um, I, I won't say anything. Oh, Joaquin, <laughs> just kidding. Joaquin Phoenix, actually, I was talking to him the other day, Joaquin, and your name—no way! Yeah, your name oh came up. God. It was crazy. I haven't seen Joaquin in such a long time, man. How's he doing? Oh, he's doing great. He's doing, and it's like literally like three minutes into the conversation, somehow you came up. You know, recommendations I, you know, for script supervisors. Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> no, funny you mention it. Yeah, because you know it's hard. It's hard to find a good script supervisor. And perhaps I'm biased, but yes, it is hard to find a, a good script supervisor. Go well, on. Which you are. And well, thank, um, you. thank you so much. You know, your reputation is really that you're just your attention to detail is like oh. unparalleled. Oh well, you know, you you have to be. You know, when I was working with Jody Foster on The Accused, you know, that was where I first. I wasn't the oh, official script supervisor. You... Sort of like a, I guess shadowing the script supervisor. All oh, right, and did the su- script supervisor who was actually employed. Did they know that you were? Well, I was employed too. You know, I wasn't making the big bucks, but uh, you know, but, were you but I was employed. Film, Absolutely, I, I was making more than your average intern. You know, but it ended up being worth it. Jody and I have been working consistently ever since. I have to ask you, did you work on Contact? Did I work on Contact? You know, no, I didn't. I had a bad case of the stomach flu, and I yeah, first day on set, I was so bummed, man. I was so excited to work on that, and I got like the worst case, like Montezuma's Revenge. It was oh, no. so unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great movie, but that's okay. That's you know what? You win some, you lose some. Actually, the Contact is a great movie, but there are a lot of continuity errors. 
Well, and that wouldn't have <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they should have let me on set. They, you know? they didn't want to get anyone else sick, you know. What can no. I say? It makes sense. It Understandable. Makes sense, what about yeah. Panic Room? Did you work on that? Uh, Panic Room? Yes. Yes, I did. It was so much fun. Impeccable continuity on Panic Room. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I, you know, what can I say? I'm, I'm blushing, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you but, are. but, but you, you're not lying. That is the truth, you know. Yeah, well. It's my one good quality. You know, I got a whole list of questions here. I'd like to Great. like to dive right in. Let's dive in. For those of you that don't know, David has uh, two projects. <laughs> One of them is uh, coming out this Friday, uh, August tenth. Would you like to tell a little bit about that film? Sure. The film is called Black Klansman. It's directed by Spike Lee. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's written by uh, me, my writing partner Charlie Wachtel. Spike Lee and Spike's writing partner Kevin Wilmot, uh, and it stars John David Washington and Adam Driver. And uh, so cool. Yeah. Who's uh, who else produced it? <laughs> I, I think that they had an Academy Award nomination. Uh, Jordan Peele had an Academy Award nomination and a win. And for, a win. And a win. Yeah, for best original screenplay for Get Out. That's so cool, it's man. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think that you guys, even though the film has not... Well, I guess it had a world premiere at uh, at, Cannes at, at the Cannes Festival. Film Festival. That's right. Um, and I was just at... Uh, last week, I was at the domestic premiere in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then we before we move on to Brooklyn, would you like to tell us a little bit about the award that, that it won at the Cannes Film Festival? Right. It, it won the Grand Prix Award. That's so Cannes. cool, man. Yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> what was that like, first of all, before we move on to Brooklyn? You mean going to Cannes? Yeah, um, yeah. What was that like? What was that experience like? Have you ever been there before? What was no. That? I mean, this is your first uh, script, right? That you've had uh, developed into a film, right? True, true. First script that uh, was sold and definitely the first script that was produced. The day of the premiere was a Monday. There was like this cocktail hour where we met like all the cast and, and Spike and, you know, all the producers were there mostly. And then... We were taken, we were whisked outside to this motorcade. There's this line of all these black cars, and we were shoved into this car and, and taken. Where were you abducted? <laughs> it sounds like, well, you know, it was on such a tight schedule, you know. It was like, we were, you know, we were taken, you know, down the street, the main drag of, of Cannes, and then someone opened the door, and we were at, there at the red carpet. And um, we, we walked up the red carpet, you know, with the... The, the cast went first and Spike and uh, we we got in the background of some photos you know they were <laughs> <laughs> we got in the background I yeah. love it that's so funny yeah. <laughs> they, they weren't taking pictures of us but we were if we were since we were right behind the cast we got into I some mean, pictures I mean who do you guys think you are though I mean the writers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right exactly okay. exactly and so I thought it was going to be like a normal like movie theater where you can just sit down you know get your seat and by the time we when we sat down we were like the last ones it was like us the cast and Spike and we were, everybody else was seated in the entire theater. We wow. sat down and like a minute later the movie started. Man, that is so crazy. How many days were you at that festival? We were there for five days. It was a whirlwind. It was pretty awesome though. I was, I was so happy for you guys. I was like, holy shit, man, that's so fucking cool. My one disappointment with the film is that you weren't 
script supervisor on it. You know, I, I really wanted to take the job. I just couldn't, you know. We had a six a 16 day shoot in the desert. What was that? Uh, it was like, it was a Honda commercial. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, you know, I just, you know, Jody was on vacation, you know, and one of my buddies, you know, he's like, hey, Deb, what are you doing for the next 16 days? I'm like, next 16 days? Like, who shoots a Honda commercial for 16 for 16 days? That's crazy, you know? Why, why, why did it take so long? Stanley Kubrick's uh, second cousin. <laughs> so it runs in the family. Wait, oh, that was the director? Uh, yeah. Mitch Kubrick. Mitch Kubrick. Oh, yeah. I lo- he's he's great. He, he's you, a great. You know Kubrick. Mitch? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of how, course. How, I didn't know you guys. What a small world, man. Such like 6 degrees of separate. How do you know, I know Mitch? I know. Um you, you know uh, Josh Holloway from Lost? Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh we were at his party 4 years ago and I met Mitch and he was he he had his phone out and he was showing us the, his latest commercial that he had shot. And there were like all these like weird zooms and everything. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, this is like Stanley. I said that out loud. I'm like, that's like Stanley Kubrick. And Mitch was like, hey, guess what my last name is? My mind was completely blown. Wow, that's so crazy, man. I mean, you would think that, you know, if if your second cousin was Stanley Kubrick, you know, you'd want to do more than, you know, commercials. <laughs> Let me guess. He, he took like 200 takes just to have somebody like open the door of a Honda. <laughs> you have no idea. And like, we, I mean, we must have spent three days alone on insert shots. Does that frustrate you when that happens? Hey, you know, if I'm there, you know, and people are being polite to me, you know, I'm getting paid, you know, if they want to... If they want to spend 40 days, you know, shooting the close-up of a of a keychain, you know, I'll do it. You know, that's what I'm there for. Is that what the shot, the insert shot was of a keychain? Well, there's, there's one of the many. Right. Would, would it be okay if you describe what the commercial is? I mean, I'm, sh- oh, I'm assuming yeah. it's a 30-second spot. Yeah, it, well, yes, it was. It was. It actually played at the Super Bowl. It's it's in the desert, right? I, I'd say that, like, 95% of the commercial is the Honda coming into frame. It's like those 25 seconds feels like 10 years. <laughs> Very it's, boring. It's exciting. Excruciating. It's excruciating. How long did it take you to have this project go from idea to, you know, completed film? And how did you get Spike Lee involved? How did you get Jordan Peele? Uh, cool. How did this happen? I'll take you through the narrative. Uh, about July of 2015, my writing partner Charlie and I... So that's three years ago. Three years ago, yes. Uh, we were looking to, for uh, the next thing. And Charlie found this article about Ron Stallworth, this this black detective who infiltrated the KKK. He found out that there was a memoir Ron had written, and we immediately contacted Ron and Ron's manager and the publisher. And we found out that at that time, no one had the rights. So we sent uh, something to, to Ron saying like, hey, we, we want the chance to a- adapt this into a, a script on spec. And Ron was cool with that. And so we started writing it. And at the time we were writing it, Charlie, you know, he had worked for years as an assistant in Hollywood. He knew some people. He knew this producer named... An assistant? What kind of an assistant? Yeah. He worked for an agency. Then he worked for a producer. Then he worked for a director. So he was kind of all over the place. Uh, he knew this producer call, uh, named Sean Reddick. They, they were having some just random conversation, and Charlie slipped in that, you know, about this project we were working on. And Sean was interested. And Sean had us come in and and pitch his company. He had just joined this company called QC Entertainment, new company. And we pitched him, and he said, hey, this this sounds really cool. We're actually in pre-production on this movie called Get Out with Jordan Peele. This would be an easy conversation to have with Jordan. And uh, we're like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, you know, me, I'm definitely a huge fan of Jordan from Key and Peele. Sure. 
uh, but no one knew what Get Out was going to be at that point. And then, so a few months later, we had QC's involvement. We had Jordan involved as a producer. And then, you know, we were, we were developing that script with him. We even did a rewrite based on Jordan's notes. And then early 2016, Get Out came out and was a huge so hit. So cool. Yeah. yeah, it's an amazing film. It, yeah, it was great. And suddenly, Jordan Peele is on top of the world. And QC, you know, the company we were working with who produced Get Out is also on top of the world. They could basically do whatever they want. And at that point, Blumhouse got involved, and then they went out to a list of directors and like said yes. Actually, I was actually listening to an interview uh, that Spike was doing when he got the phone call from, from Jordan Peele. Yeah. And he said that he, he thought, he was like, oh, that sounds like that Dave Chappelle sketch. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, is this true? Let me, let, let me, let me clear the air. Oh, yeah. Deb Please do. I, I, think, I think we all, when we first hear about this, we think uh, about the Dave Chappelle sketch, the very Clayton Bixby, very, very funny sketch. I'm just gonna, just a, a message to anybody out there who thinks that they're the first person to point this out, you're not, you're not the first person. Everybody has thought about, including Ron Stallworth, who in the beginning pages of his book mentions the Dave Chappelle sketch. So yeah, that's my, that's my. Oh yeah, nothing, uh, nothing wrong with that at all. No. I was glad to hear you say that and also to hear Spike say that. That's obvious. We've it's, all thought about that and uh, we've real. moved on and made the film. Yeah, yeah. we've made the film. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's not the sketch. It's actually it's a true story, it's and a, it's, it's a, a film, film, and go watch it. Um, the timing that this film is coming out with everything, with the right wing, with Trump as president, with the whole uh, make America great, David Duke tweeted you. <laughs> you know what I mean? When we started writing it, you know, uh, you know, Trump obviously wasn't president yet. Um, At all. People didn't think it was possible. People didn't think it was possible, uh, like me. And uh, when you know when he became he be, you know he won the election while we were in process of doing this, so we were conscious of that and we knew that it was very relevant. But it wasn't until Spike came involved mm-hmm. um, that it really the the parallels were pushed really really far. And you know you know that Spike style he's gonna be he's gonna be political, he's gonna be brash, and you'll see it in the finished film. He very clearly connects the events of the film that which took place in the seventies to today's headlines and it, it is a period piece but it's very clear that what what is being dealt with in the film is not in the past it's of present course, yeah. it is present it's extremely relevant i mean wouldn't you say that it's almost perfect timing that it happened now as opposed to 2015 the the timing is the perfect storm the perfect thing storm yes which again i think you really should have been script supervisor because i've i saw some oh glaring, glaring, glaring continuity oh errors oh my gosh so did i it's yeah. just there's nothing Crazy. there's that one shot of the wave back Don't in the talk wave about the shot about the oh, yeah yeah just, that's probably frustrating so to you. Frustrating, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like you know, some directors pay attention to it, some don't. Some, some I feel can get away with it. Others I feel can't. Now, if you're gonna and pick up the salt shaker with your left hand for the first fifty takes, you, it better be there. It better be there. Ta- take fifty-one. Takes you out of the movie, and I mean that 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 wave shot is infamous in that. I got a couple more questions. Sure. Uh, one of them is from Michael Bilo. Um, All right. Do you feel bad about being white? <laughs> Bilo. <laughs> Such a Michael Bilo. What, what a what a what a Bilo. Um, no. Um, what a white person question. Yeah, right. You know what I say to that? I, I, I say two things. One thing is for for me and Charlie it was all about preserving Ron Stallworth's uh, story and working with him. 
that's one thing. The other thing I'll say is ultimately the story is about a black detective and a Jewish detective teaming up to take down the KKK. So it would make sense that Jewish writers and black writers would uh, team up to tell the story. <laughs> it couldn't be a better fit, right? There you go. It's a fun question and a good answer. <laughs> it's a very fun question. Yeah, I guess it could be a good question, right? If we want to give, if we want to give Michael that, we want to give him the credit. Being the little bitch that he is. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love Mike. So, so tell me about Brooklyn. Well, well, um, uh, it's Spike Lee, so, you know, he wants to do the Brooklyn premiere. There's also going to be an L.A. premiere. Quick question. Was Jay-Z there? Jay-Z was not there. Honestly, maybe he would. He was. It's possible there were uh, people at the screening that I didn't see. You know, then there was a party afterward, and I didn't I didn't meet everybody, so he could have been there. And that's so cool. And my family was able to come because my family's on the East Coast. Oh, my God. How proud, how proud were they? Yeah, very, very. They're, they're as startled as I am about all of this. Um, that is so cool. Yeah. They sent a car to, to New Jersey to pick us up, and there was a red carpet, and I assumed it would be like it was in Cannes, where, you know, the actors get photographed and we kind of slip by <laughs> unnoticed, but no, it wasn't like that. I stepped in, and the photographers were taking pictures of me, and wow. I, I was getting interviewed, and I was not ready for that. How so you honestly were not expecting to be interviewed at all? No. I so it's a totally different ball game. It, completely different ball game i i think it uh i think they were just doing that to cover themselves and in case they needed something or maybe if i said something stupid you know maybe they could have used it you're like i'll leave that to everyone else on twitter <laughs> exactly i was talking to your agent you know he said that you and charlie were trying to strike while the iron is hot uh, can yes. you tell us about your, your upcoming project right yeah your second script that just got picked up by a 20th century right right so technically it was a it was a pitch we Got this book called Animal by Casey Sherman, who uh, Casey writes a bunch about a bunch of uh, real life uh, Boston stuff. And he wrote this book called The Finest Hours that was turned into a film a couple years ago. And he, he just released a book about Deflategate, Tom Brady, and the Patriots. And he wrote this book called Animal about this uh, mobster in the 60s. He was a hitman for the New England mob. So a, a true story again. True story. And this guy was the first person in the Modern Witness Protection Program. And we developed a, a pitch based on the book, based on a, a, a part, a portion of the book. And so for a few weeks, we were, went around to like 35 different production companies in town pitching this. Wow. Uh, yeah. So wow. it was a lot. It was a lot. So after 35 pitches, uh, what, what happened? I didn't realize this is how it works, but then you, you, you pitch to producers and then you like pick a producer or two or three. And then those producers that you pick take you into studios. So uh, like five or six came back, said they were interested. And out of those five or six, we picked two of them. And uh, we went to studios and we pitched like Universal. We pitched Fox, Warner Brothers, Amazon, Lionsgate. And uh, the one that, that won it was Fox. Specifically, Fox Two Thousand, which is part of Twentieth Century oh, Fox. Oh, okay, like, all right. It's like um, a certain like unit within. Right, it. right, right, right. And um, and the producers are um, uh, Sarah Schechter, who works it works for Greg Berlanti, uh, or is the president of Berlanti's company. So we have Sarah Schechter and Greg Berlanti as producers, which is crazy. I mean, did you have any idea that this was like going to happen? I mean, what were you guys thinking, you know, when you guys were doing those 35 pitches? We were thinking this is very exhausting. Were you thinking it would pay off? We were hoping so. We were getting good feedback, but you never really know. Like, it's one thing for people to be like, hey, 
we think this is cool. We're going to develop it with you. It's another thing for somebody to actually take out a, a checkbook and write you a check. You know, right, yeah, totally. Been around in the game long enough to see that happen. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? Like how hard, as a script supervisor, how hard is it just to get paid sometimes? In my situation, I, I'm fortunate, and you know, I'm very blessed to work consistently with Jodie Foster. You know what I mean? I have She's no complaints. She's uh, responsible for so many wonderful things in my life. You know, one of them being, you know, 27 years ago, she was she was the one that uh, drove me to rehab. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was a very uh, big part of my sobriety. Yeah. How did you meet her in the first place? When I first started doing script supervision, I was taking you know I was taking a whole bunch of different jobs: uh, first AC, second AC, first AD positions. Second you know? AD. Yeah, yeah, P- PA positions. First- uh, you know. Um, a lot of AFI films, the- yeah. thesis films. Yeah. I, I, I did the same thing on like student sets. I- How crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you're, you're part of a machine when you're on a set and you just have to do your part. Each person on that set is so important, you know, for getting your film, but you can't have your film without each person, you know? You cannot have your, everybody is absolutely essential. And respect, man. Respect is key, you know? Res- oh, yeah. Especially script. Now, then how did you end up falling into script supervising. I guess you can relate to this, you know, I'd have to say, you know, a perfect storm. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just uh-huh. a combination of a lot of, you know, fortunate things, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, all you need is one yes, you know. Right. Uh, Jodie Foster was my yes. So how did you meet Jodie Foster at first. It's so funny because, you know, I had a friend that was, you know, I didn't really know the girl so well. You know, long story short, uh, you know, the girl said, you know, I actually know uh, Jodie Foster. And I was like, how do you know her? She goes, well, Sean Penn and I, we were a part of this group that does this power walking on up and down oh, Coldwater yeah. Canyon. And she, she said, Jodie's there. You, you want to come, you can she, meet her. She, I mean, Sean Penn, you would never think that he'd be into power walking. Yeah, you never would think that he would, uh, you know, interview El Chapo for Rolling Stone. Right, know? he's just full of surprises. Full of surprises. Yeah. So much different. I'm, I'm guessing, did you when Oh, so, so I said, she, okay, yeah, I'd love to go. I'd love to join the power walking group. So you and joined so, the power walking so group. So I did. It was yeah. sort of like a private group, you know yeah. what I mean? So you and this was before up. the internet. You kind of had to know the right person. So it's funny in Hollywood, you never know who you're going to meet, you, you know? No, so you were, you were power walking next to Jodie Foster. Yeah, right? at a certain right. point. And she said, so what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I told her my story. I've been working on a lot of you know, student films and stuff, and I'm, you know, trying to make my way into, I would love to be a script supervisor. And she goes, I can't promise anything, you know, but I'll talk to the producers. I'll see if I can get you on set. I love story. That's the true, just Hollywood story of being in the right place at the right time. Right place, right time. And a perfect example of how, you know, all you need is one yes. All you need is one yes. This was definitely the case for you. 100%. 100%. I became a script supervisor on the accused and took off and, and now you you got two films in the works uh how much do you know about the next project i know that this just happened it's new unfortunately it's one of those things of well i shouldn't even say unfortunately no, not it's, at all um it's already a success if you ask me it it is a success in that we get a job you know <laughs> of we, course. we get to write something for a studio and for these great producers but there's no guarantee that it's going to get made Okay. You know, All right. we that there's so many things that have to happen first. First, we have to write a, a really good script, and then the stars have to align, um, and then then it goes from there. You know. I am pretty confident that this will work out for you. You are so talented. You're gonna you're gonna have people lining up, knocking on your door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. It it starts. It has it started. Begun.
it, the, 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 the knocking on the door, it started. I got a few questions from, from some of our listeners. This one is from uh, Sam Brown. Oh, wow. From the whitest kids you know. Uh, yeah, uh, great guy. Great, great guy. guy, great guy. Yeah, friend of the show. He's going to be a guest soon on the show. Wow. Can't wait to have him. Yeah, he and uh, Emily Candini, they're going to be on the show. That's so cool. Right now they're both shooting a film in Tahiti. <laughs> lucky them. Huh? Yeah, lucky them. <laughs> Okay, so this is from Sam. He says, "Ask David." He says, uh, "Did if he if he felt weird about using the N word in the script? Uh, was there a point where you felt like it was too much?" That's a great question, Sam. Um, you know, we didn't use it all that much, but um, the fact that it was a an adaptation from a memoir, we kind of from you know written by Ron Stallworth, we kind of looked to Ron to lead the way. Sure, that, absolutely. In that sense. And uh, we weren't, when we were writing the script, it was basically with a lot of Ron's involvement. So, and everything, all of like the more like racially charged language was more or less taken straight from the from, book. From him, yeah, right. Uh, which was based on, you know, his police reports that he, he wrote during the, oh, wow. the time of this investigation. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, that's how we navigated that. So Frankie Gutman wants to know who are his favorite women in the industry that's a great question oh wow that is a great question sort of a departure from what we're speaking on but we'll yeah. jump back to yours well i mean first of all deb jones <laughs> being the world-renowned script supervisor that i am <laughs> yeah i mean you shouldn't you shouldn't sell, sell yourself short you know Oh, that's very kind of you. I do appreciate that, but I, I'm not. I'm not the one that's getting people in the seats. We'll just put it that way. But, but you don't know. You know, maybe they maybe should they should start promoting the fact that you're a script supervisor. Hey, listen, man. You know, I got no complaints. You know, I am so happy. You know, I'm so lucky, so fortunate, so blessed uh, to be working consistently with Jody Foster as a script supervisor, man. And I just, you know, like how lucky. You know, how could I complain? You know, there's. Nothing to complain about. So if I am not the reason why people are in the seats, so be it. You know, I just want to make a good fucking film. You know? Yeah, well, let me uh, go back to the original question. If I could cast anyone in a movie, I think it would be... I, I, I think it could be any of either Sarah Paulson or Alison Brie or Natalie Portman. Those are good picks. Yeah, yeah. You know how it goes with actors, like, you see somebody and they just, like, communicate, like, who they are immediately? And that, like, the best actors, they just, like, just something about them, they have, like, the presence, or it's, like, a charisma or something like that? Like, sure. I think, I think they have that. Je ne sais quoi. That's right. That's exactly, that was the word. That was the phrase I was looking for. Yeah, they definitely, I would, I would definitely agree with you on that. They have that, that thing. I mean, and honestly, kind of, you have it too. Oh, you know? well, thank you so right. much. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I think I've spoken about this in the past episode. I used to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got I got cast in a streetcar named Desire uh, in a high school production. Oh my God! What yeah. what part did you play? Actually, it's funny. I got cast as Stanley Kowalski. <laughs> oh, you know what? I can see that. Can, can, can you see that? that? I mean, for for that time, you know, to, to get cast, you know, as Stanley for, for a female. I mean, that was that was crazy. I mean, the principal, I mean, well, he gave the drama department, you know, tons of shit for yeah. that, you know. You guys stayed strong. 
yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was amazing. Yeah, you know. But honestly, since then, you know, I haven't really done much acting. But you know, that was that was a lot of fun. Maybe you should consider it. Maybe you should consider getting back into it. I actually have been considering it recently. This is the push. That you yeah, maybe maybe it is. And that, and that was a lot of my inspiration, you know, Marlon Brando, he, uh, him and Streetcar Named Desire, that, you know, inspired me, you know, to really try to make the role my own. Yeah, I bet you watched that a lot. Oh, you bet. Let me go back to that list of questions. What do you think the purpose of life is? Uh, enjoy what you do and make the world a better place. And uh, win, win, win the box office weekend. Huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Some uh, industry for, humor for you. Yeah, Jack yeah, Jones. yeah, yeah. Well, no, you want to win the weekend. I mean, that's what you want to do this weekend, yeah. right? Oh, hey, you know, we'll see. Oh, We're up against the big so shark. Yeah. You're going to be great. What do you hope for with this film? Yeah, what do you what do you hope happens? You know, honestly, what I hope hap- happens has really already happened. In right. that a lot of people so are great. talking about it, and it's getting a good release in theaters. People seem to like it so far, but. What I really hope is, you know, when it opens, that more than just the critics like it, the public has a good reaction to it. You know, I, I hope it uh, starts conversations, and I hope it, you know, I hope it, it it does the opposite of dividing people. I I hope it brings people together. I think, and I'm sure that probably the rest of the team, right, feels Agreed. the same way. Yes, for uh, sure. Couple more questions. What got you into screenwriting? I, I got really into films and filmmaking when I was in high school, and uh, I would make videos with uh, my friends, uh, including Charlie. Charlie and I would make videos instead of doing, you know, reports. But you know, to make a video, you need you need other people. You need time, resources, and I was already kind of into creative writing. I was like, hey, I can just do the screenwriting thing by myself, and I got really into screenwriting in high school. I wrote scripts, like I wrote feature-length scripts in high school. And yeah, so I, I wrote some really bad scripts in high school, but I enjoyed it, and I learned from it, and um, and then I just kept going. So, where can we see you perform? How long have you been doing improv? I, that, that's a good question. I've been doing improv for over uh, five years, and currently I perform at uh, this place called the Pack Theater cool. on Monday evenings. On Monday evenings. Uh, How did you get into improv? Uh, I was working in New York in news, and I decided that I wanted to leave my job, move to California. And on the day that I told my supervisor that I was going to uh, leave the job, I happened to see uh, an improv show, the, the People's Improv Theater Pit, and um, we saw the show, and it like blew me away. And I'm like, well, well, maybe when I make when I go out to California, I'll I'll try that. And where did you go to to pursue that? I started at Second City Hollywood which was great, and I had a great experience there. And then after that, I heard about this place called the Miles Stroth Workshop. Oh, yeah. I took some great classes there with uh, Emily Candini. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's... Right. She was a guest on my show. I love Emily. Exactly, exactly. And and she was a coach for for my teams. MSW became the Pack Theater. That's awesome. And so people can see you perform on Mondays, right? Mondays, yeah. Rude Mondays, 8... PM to 10 PM. We got a block of some great teams. My team is called Mama Bird, but there are four other great teams that perform on a rotating basis. Who's your coach? Our coach is Rich Sohn. Oh, I've heard of him. Oh, he's a funny guy. If someone mentioned him on one of our episodes, oh, he said really? he's one of the funniest people they know. I think it might have been Emily that said uh, that. And uh, Neil, Neil Dundotti yeah. that said well, that. Well, it's funny. Neil and Rich, they they perform the show Dingleberries on Monday nights after uh, our block. Oh, no way. Yeah, I loved working with Neil. and. Uh, what a small world that we all know these same I people. I know. It's so it's crazy. crazy. You know, six degrees of separation, man. <laughs> 
Well, this has been so much. You know, what what advice do you have for someone, for some, uh, you know, artist, uh, you know, screenwriter, you know, anyone out here trying to pursue their dreams? Uh, any advice? If you came out to do something, do it. Be easy to work with, and that's it, Deb. That's great. That's. That's the extent of the advice. That's so. awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. It was great to thank have you, you on. Yeah. Can't wait to see the film. Really, really proud of you, yeah. man. I can't wait. Thanks, Deb. I can't. I, I want to hear what you think about it. I definitely, definitely, I'll give you a call. Give me a call. Yeah, we'll please. grab a cup of Joe. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, the House of Pies. <laughs> oh yeah, I would love to go to the House of Pies. All right, it's on. Let's do it. Okay, cool.